Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Today, Marjorie, we are talking about mom guilt. Dun, dun, dun. I I think it's the worst. And we're going to have a conversation about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is pretty relatable. Well, I'm really happy that we're that we're talking about this because as you know, I sort of use this podcast as free therapy in addition to supplement the paid <laughs> therapy that I do. Um, but I had an incident about a week and a half ago that was really the impetus for this conversation and it led to me driving to a work event sobbing while I oh, no. went. And that's never a good feeling. And let me just preface this by saying I'm not really a big guilt person. I don't feel guilt regularly. I I think like if I murdered someone, I would feel very guilty. Good. But I don't feel (laughs) guilty about a lot of things. And I don't think that guilt and shame are very productive, I guess. Like... I don't think you, when you come from a place of feeling like a lot of guilt and a lot of shame, I think it can be difficult to use those constructively. And so there's lots of other emotions that I feel. I just, I try not to be shaming of myself or overly guilty. I think there's a, I think, I think I, my feelings about those two things are a little bit more, are just different. I was going to say more complex, but I don't think it's any more complex than how you're feeling about it. I just... I think guilt and shame are useful. And this is when, when Elizabeth, we would have early conversations with Brene Brown yeah. on the morning show when yeah. my husband and I would do this. My feelings about shame, and I didn't read Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's book at the time. My husband did. So I was very careful about what I said. But at the same time, I do think, I do think there is a place for some shame in society. I think there are things that people do that are shameful. <laughs> Now, is that my Catholic upbringing? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, it was always so awkward for me where she's like, there should never be shame. I'm like, well, yes, there should. There should be shame. But that, that aside, I think there are things that one can do that can be shameful. How you are shamed for it is the tricky piece. Yeah. How the public might shame somebody, that's a whole nother story. We're talking yeah. about our internal feelings. I think you're so right. I, so there are things that I have done that are I would be ashamed of. There are things that I have done where I have felt guilt. But I think when it comes to mothering, I think it's really important that if you're making decisions with intention and you're really trying to do the right thing and something goes wrong, that there's no place for guilt and shame. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my sort of feeling about it. But I do. There are things that I feel very guilty about as a mother. But but there are other things that I don't. So mine's a little bit. I don't. I I have felt both of those feelings often enough, 
but the, but they're pretty nuanced in how I internalize them. So about two weeks ago, my daughter had an event at her school. And it was an event that she was really excited about participating in. And they worked all week on a project, um, like an art project that they were, that that was part of the event. Okay. Yeah. So the event, it was at 530. Uh, Getting someplace at 530 for me me is like very challenging because I don't get off the set until 430. And so I made about 18 arrangements to try to make this day work. Okay. So here are all the things that I had in place, Marjorie. So our nanny picked Bernie up at school and brought her home. I was leaving the station, walking off the set at 4.30, getting on a call, getting to the boys' daycare to pick them up, Mm. bring them home, try to maybe nurse Heathcliff and oh get God. him set up with dinner. Oh my God. And that? then our nanny was to stay with the baby while Jay and I took the big kids to the event at Bernie's school. Um, which is not necessarily super close to your house. It's like 13 minutes. I mean, everything's like within okay. 10 minutes. So we're, we're pretty That's close, but it's, but it was, it's a lot of navigating in order to then right. get there by 530, get parked, oh my God. get to the event. And then we were taking two cars because I had to MC a charity event in Minneapolis and be okay. there by seven. Okay. And so the plan was that I was going to be at the event <laughs> until about 640 and then get in the car and make it downtown Minneapolis, get to the event and MC this. And then Jay would take Frankie home, relieve Becca, who would have put Heathcliff down and then feed Franklin and Bernie and then go from there. Okay. Okay. Can I, can I just chime in here? Yeah. This is impossible. It was well, impossible. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. It was You'll feeling, be you. It was feeling like really too tight even that day. Yes. But I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to try to make this work because the, the other solution was like either yeah. I don't yeah. go or right. there was no way that Jay was going to be able to make it back in time for me right. to then leave to my event. I mean, there was really – it was either we missed it or this is the type of arrangement that I had to come up with. Right. You were hopeful. So I was like, okay, we're going to arrange all these things. And I was thinking if we get to it late, if we have to leave early, like it'll all be okay, whatever. We then have everybody arranged. It's going okay. Heathcliff is screaming as I'm leaving, which never Mm. feels good because I'm also in that position right now with the baby where he's just over one. And this is the hardest time for me as a mom who works outside the home because I literally see my baby for about – an hour and a half a day during oh the week. God. And because he goes to bed very early, I mean, he goes to bed at like 6.30. Oh, and yeah. then he gets up at like 7, and then they're out the door by 7.45. Yeah. So, and then all of the time that I have with him during the week, all of it, of that hour and a half a day, is, it's not like playing and watching him do things and spending time right. with him. It's hustle, getting fed, getting changed, getting bathed, getting to bed. I mean, that's right. that's what it is. So this is, and I at least know this about myself, like this is a very vulnerable time for me as a mother right. who works outside the home because the math just, this is how the math adds up with the timing and the time that I have with him. And it's very difficult. This is the most at risk I am of being like, 
screw it. (laughs) I'm out. You know, and this is also when I feel feel most vulnerable when it comes to like criticism. Like if I get criticism from viewers or something who are saying like, you're annoying. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that piles on. Because you feel like, okay, I'm so annoying. I'm out. This is even worth it. Right. You know, you get, you (laughs) get to that. It's very, so, so at least like I'm, this is the third time I'm self-aware about these things and I'm kind of. But but this is this is this is the universal struggle. It's difficult. It's your just vulnerability. Difficult. Your vulnerability is every mother's vulnerability, particularly at this stage. Yes. You know, this is this is really hard. One because at this age babies are adorable and fun. Yes. And they love you so much right. and so purely that it makes it even harder. Right. And so this is you're not alone. This is, this is, I think, a, as you often say, this is a huge pain point in working outside of the home yeah. is this period when you get to see your baby for tops two hours. It's awful. It sucks. It yeah, sucks it's so awful. bad. Yeah, it really does. And I also like say this while acknowledging that I have a job that I love that I'm well compensated for. So still I have awful. those positives going on. It's still, there's 24 hours in a day. And the, the reality is- of it is I want more of those hours to be with my baby. This is why I was freelance. Yeah. It's because I could work really hard for six to seven weeks and then be off and recoup myself <laughs> and have I know. that time. You know, and I, I feel really fortunate about that. But I remember, I know just the feeling you're talking about, as it's do just... all of the mothers out there. So. so we get to the event, okay? It's a two-car parade. The Rymers family is mm. hauling to the school. We get to the school. We... We leave our nanny with Heathy crying. Right. I do get a text from her as we're pulling into the school that says he's he was very upset, but he's the happiest baby now. He's in great shape. She'd given right. him a, she put fine. him in the bathtub. He was fine. He was doing fine. Right. Um, and we see all of the kids from Bernie's school. They're all getting there and arriving. It's a big arrival. So it's like all these kids showing up and they're carrying the art project. Oh, God. With them. Oh, God. They're carrying the art project with them oh that they'd worked on for, I don't know, a week, maybe two weeks to uh. prepare for this event at the school. And you can imagine where Bernie's art project is. Oh, God. It's sitting at home at the counter because I had no idea she had to bring the project with her. Yeah. I had and absolutely she's... no idea. And she's six. So yeah. she's just excited that we're all going, doesn't say anything. <sighs> and she absolutely starts melting down. And oh, she is she sobbing. And she's like, we can't go. We can't go. And let me just tell you without diving into too specific about what this event is, like the art project is integral into participating into this event. Okay. Right. So, so she knows she's screwed. Like, it's like, oh my and God. So she starts sobbing and it's like, I can't oh. go. I can't go. There's no way I can go. We can't go. We have to go home. We have to go home. So here I am as Jay has parked his car with Franklin and I'm about to park my car with Bernie and trying to figure mm. out how do I make this decision? And I start doing some quick calculations. It's 535. There is no way that we can drive home, get this no. project drive back and make it for this event and then I can leave. There's no way that I can send Jay to do that or that he will do that. Like the kids haven't eaten. Like it's just, I don't know. Guys, I also wanted to say to the school, like 530 events, no bueno. I don't know how to do this. Like I don't know what time would be better, but that time isn't good for me. So 
So Jay and Frankie are walking. I rolled down the window and I was like, listen, we forgot the project and she doesn't want to go. And then I'm, then I'm also thinking like, am I going to be a parent in this moment who encourages her to overcome? Like if we forgot something, we can still participate and we can still figure it out and we don't have to be perfect at everything. But on the other hand, I'm like, I don't really have time for this lesson right now. And I'm so effing overscheduled that I am not in a proper headspace. Speaking of which then add on the next morning, I had a radio appearance at another radio station that I had to actually physically be there at seven o'clock. I mean, my, it was such a nightmare. So here's the thing. You're in this moment. What's the parent play? It can be the lesson. You, you have a couple of roads you can take here, which is responsibility. Bernie, this was your show. You should have remembered your project. Mm-hmm. Bad road. Don't take that one. You know, but how, you know, how old are you when you're supposed to teach the lessons of responsibility? Right. For me, not that, not that one. Not going to take that road. Right. Do you just, Make a joke of it and say, okay, we're going to all bail. <laughs> Don't know that I'm comfortable with that one. So what road did you choose, Elizabeth? Both roads are bad. It's a choose your own yeah. adventure of nightmare. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, we went home is what happened. I'm not laughing. at. I like the choose your own adventure I know. nightmare. I know. Oh, it was Elizabeth. a nightmare. We went home. Oh. And I'll tell you, I didn't feel... Oh. I didn't feel good about either option because I yeah. didn't feel good about forcing her to go to this thing when we're, she's tired. It's at the end of the day. Yeah. It was just a lot. And at the same time, I didn't feel good about going home. I don't know if I made the right choice, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. That was just yeah. the choice that we made in the moment where she was sobbing and I wasn't going to drag my sobbing six-year-old into this. And right. And then try to navigate a brand new experience for all of us. They didn't have this event last year because of the pandemic. And so I Mm. just didn't know what to do. And then the problem was then she got into like, I don't care. I didn't even want to go mode. Right. And, and that, and you know, and you know that she did. Oh my gosh. She'd been looking forward to, she was doing cartwheels down the sidewalk out of our house on the way there. She was so excited. This is heartbreaking. So. Herein, we go with the mom guilt. So we get yeah. home. Jay stops to pick up a pizza on the way home because he was starving. The kids were starving. Right. He gets home with the pizza and they'd given him the wrong pizza to just add like. Oh, my God. And he starts this. going, I'm going back to get the pizza. And oh I was like, you God. don't have time to go back and get the a different pizza. I have oh to go God. to this event. I mean, this is what's happening. Let's just like add on if everyone could be fighting the only person well no and then frankie was crying because he was disappointed because he really wanted to go to bernie's school and he was like so excited to go to this thing everybody's crying everybody's like upset it was just brutal and so i have to leave them this is the hardest part for me it's so hard because i had to leave to go to this event and also knowing that like jay was crabby and he was irritated and then i'm just like okay and different parents have different strengths, yeah. you know, and, and I will just say, and I think sometimes this was a little bit how it was like for me growing up too. like my dad would kind of be like, well, it's just this, just buck up. It's fine. That was, that's kind of a little mm-hmm. bit like how, and I think probably many husbands, I don't think your husband yeah. would be like this, but I think many husbands mine included are sort of like that. Like it's just no. this, it's not that big of a deal. Let's just move on. Ian's got a tough side. And but, I didn't yeah. really want it to be handled like that with her. And so I was thinking mm. like, 
now I'm leaving and I'm leaving it in the hands of him who I'm just not super confident that he's going to be able to execute the strategy that I would really rather see executed when it comes to this parenting moment. Right. And, and then I have to leave and go to this event, which the event was like a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. I really wanted to be there and I wanted to do it. It just really ended up crappy that it all ended up on this same day. And so there I found myself driving down the road to downtown, just Mm. bawling and, and thinking to myself, my first thought was if I wasn't working, I wouldn't have forgotten the art project. If I wasn't working, I would have been the one to pick her up at school and see the project come into the car and go, okay, and I also wouldn't have been scheduled to the minute, and I also wouldn't be constantly running like a maniac every single day at the end of the day and constantly feeling like I'm playing catch-up, and then let's add on the, the sadness that I'm already feeling about knowing that I am in this wonderful time of my last baby's life and I'm getting way fewer hours with him than I would like. Yeah. And that's how you find yourself sobbing in the car. And to the idea of guilt and don't start crying. Well, you can cry if you feel like crying. I'm just (laughs) going to say my piece is you can feel guilty about that. There's guilt to be had. Is it, is it, See, this is where I think guilt can be an instructive emotion for a parent. Mm-hmm. Y'all screwed up as a family. Y'all yeah. screwed up. Yeah. Everybody, it happens to everybody. It happened. And so feeling a little guilty about that of of maybe not being able, I know you, I know you're organized. I know all those things. So that makes this super annoying because this isn't something that you would normally do. You, you know, most of your moments are pretty buttoned up. But it happened. Okay, mm-hmm. feel guilty about it. it. You should. I would. Because Bernie was disappointed. I know. It ruined And this is something thing. that mattered to her. Yeah. And so for me, in that moment, what I would have said to the kids is I would have copped to my my part in that. Right. And I would have let her know how heartbroken I was that for my part, I had failed her. Right. Because... That's how you build the bonds of trust and love is acknowledging the sadness of this screw up. And so, and that also answers to her trying to, I mean, what a sweet pea that she's trying to make you feel better by saying, I didn't want to go anyway. Yeah. I don't know if she was doing that. I think it was, she didn't want to feel the discomfort of sadness and disappointment. Probably too. Like, I don't think it had much to do with me. And that's what made it so difficult because as I was saying those exact things to her, Marjorie, before we were leaving and I was saying, I'm so sorry this happened. Right. I know that you are so disappointed and I wish I would have checked and double checked and made sure that we had the art project that we were ready to go for the event. And, and then that's when she got into the, like, I didn't even want to go. I don't care. I didn't want to do it. And, and that's kind of like that, that armor that she's putting up, which that makes me really sad. Oh yeah. Yeah. A little sassy. But I think, I mean, I think too, I mean, what I always tried to do, cause there were, there were crazy times that I, I was able to balance some things better because I was freelance, but then, you know, I was traveling a lot. And so some things really didn't get balanced very well. And then for part of my kids, life, very short part of it, I was working at CNN, which was not flexible yeah. for me. And I think what I always tried to do was just, I always tried to take ownership 
where ownership needed to be taken so that I could model for the kids. And and let me preface this. So I had a working mother who was very career-minded, and I love you, Mom, so if you listen to this, just know that I love you, and, you know, you did your part for feminism. That's awesome. <laughs> but in going out into the workforce, she had no guilt, none. Yeah. And so there were lots of things that, like, I just had to go do on my own at a fairly young age, including, like, I was modeling during that period. Yeah. So I was, like, hopping in cabs and going to modeling jobs for myself at, like, 11 and 12. <laughs> That takes a lot of backbone, but it's almost like a false backbone. Like, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this, but it's super scary. And so there's all these kinds of things that she would never say to me, I'm sorry that you were by yourself today. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love my job. I mean, I knew she loved her job. Right. But I just wish that I had heard, like, I love my job and I'm doing what I want for me and for the family, although it didn't always feel that way, but but it it helped. I mean, obviously the money was great, but I'm doing this for our family too. I wish, I wish she had acknowledged to me, I wish she had had a little guilt Yeah, and she had just acknowledged to me, I see you're getting lost sometimes in all of us. And and this is a bigger thing than what's happening to Bernie. I get that. I'm not saying you're doing this to Bernie at all. No, I think that is important though. Like I, you, like acknowledging that, that there are sacrifices that they are making yeah. in exchange for something else, you know, and, right. and, and they're, I, they're now in, a, in some families, that's not the way that it goes because in some families, in order to like keep the roof over the head, you have to have two people working. And right. that's, I mean, that's of course a more like systemic societal issue that we have going on that has been like, I think, I think women have been sort of sold a bill of goods and then that's, t- then the families get taken advantage of in some right. of these circumstances because now here we are. Now you have to work it all and do it all. And then one person can't provide for everybody. I mean, that's that's a difficult thing. And that's obviously a bigger issue. But um, a, but to that but there little are brain. sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. But to that little brain, I mean, we can, there are so many issues when it comes to working mothers and working families and how to stay afloat and the difference in this working family and that working family. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a six-year-old brain who was disappointed and wants to understand why. Mm-hmm. And if you don't help her with the story as to why, she's going to write her own. Right. And I, I do think – and you know me. Like I'm not trying to shame you. I, I could I could list 20 moments like that, more than that, Elizabeth, in, in my life with my boys of screw-ups. Everybody's got them. So I can say, yeah, you should feel a little guilty – Sure. But that's a healthy, I think that can be a healthy emotion because it allows you to really look at her and go, okay, how do I, how do I model this for her? Mm-hmm. And, and my thing always was too, is like, if I can talk really honestly to the boys and they were little too about what's happening and why this is happening. And a part of that equation always too, is like, mommy's super happy when she's working. Yeah, Like that's, that's just, I loved what I was doing. And and it may seem like a fairly complex discussion to have with your kids, but but y- you have to write the truth of that story, which is you feel bad, you feel a little guilty because your schedule's so overloaded, right? And and this got this 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 happened because of that. It did. This happened because of that. But there are always trade offs. What I used to say to the kids you know, when I worked for Oprah, I was traveling a lot, and so I would always bring them toys back. And they would know that I was gone and they would be sad. And I'd be like, 
I would always bring toys back, and I would say they were from Oprah. <laughs> so they would like her. Like, yeah. So they would feel like, oh, she's, you know, she takes my mom away for a while, but she's awesome. Yeah. So the little lies we tell our children. I think, you but, know, looking at the guilt as, I, I guess I would feel, I feel like instead of, I guess, I don't know. I, when I look at the guilt, I look at it as like a messenger. Okay. So I'm acknowledging that I'm feeling that. this. So love acknowledge that. that I feel the guilt. Yep. yep. But then what is the message that it's trying to tell me? And in hindsight, as I look at this, cause I do kind of feel like the lesson with Bernie was, you know, it was sort of twofold. Number one, it was, I'm sorry that this happened and acknowledging mm-hmm. the grief that something didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to turn out. I mean, and right. I feel like that being okay with that and acknowledging that grief is important for many people. And then right. number two, though, talking about, hey, how can we be more organized and responsible? And how about next time mama's going to do an extra check of do we have everything we need for this event? And then let's work together to make sure that we have everything we need. And that goes for when we're going to dance class, when we're going to school. Hey, let's do an extra check. Do we have everything we need? And then we talk about it so that we can share the responsibility of what we need to bring to certain things. Cause I also can't be in a situation with three children that I have to be responsible for every single little freaking thing that everybody needs to bring everywhere. Like, right. and at six years old, I mean, I'm not saying that she is, oh, it's has time. to do that, but it is, she has to think like that. It's time. Um, and then, but the other message for me was I got into this situation because I was overscheduled and also because I didn't want to miss out. And if I wouldn't, if I would have, looked at my schedule and said, okay, these things can't move. I need to call in some reinforcements and ask for some help. Like this would have been a perfect opportunity to ask a grandparent to come and pick her up and take her to this event and then me stay home. But I didn't want to miss out. And that came down to a me thing of feeling like I'm missing out on a lot and I'm missing out on a lot with Heathcliff. And so I felt like I was sort of grasping at this event to be like, at least I'm not missing out on this. Yeah. And that's like, I'm not going to cry about the mom guilt, but I would cry about that. And and I, I, I'm here to tell you that that's worth crying over. Yeah. Like, that is sad. It is and sad. That and is, then I don't know that, what the solution is because then I get a really sweet message. I told Steve, you know, my... TCL partner all about this. And then he was talking to his wife, Lou and Lou stays home. And she sent me just the most wonderful validating text that was like, listen, I'm home full time. And I have done, I have been where you're at. And so it doesn't mean that if you just like packed up and you were home that you would automatically fix this problem. But your mind goes to immediately, like if, if I wasn't doing this outside of the home, I would have things more together inside of the home and I would be able to experience these things and enjoy these things that I miss out on. Well, well here, yes and no, (laughs) yes and no is, and this is the tricky part. I think as women and mothers is I, it's a balance. Yeah. And as Lou said, and I'm sure sometimes she feels, and a lot of moms that work inside the home feel there's a there can be for certain women a real struggle in that choice yeah and that struggle gets played out in front of their kids in not so great ways too Mm -hmm. i think i think 
I don't have many regrets about my children's younger years because I was lucky enough to have a freelance career. And I did that with great intention. So I would work because I needed that. My brain just needs to be moving in that way. It can't just be about like the home front. That just isn't me. I I love women who can do that and do that beautifully. I needed outside things. So I was able to find a balance through freelance. And so I am fortunate in that I look back and I don't have a lot of regrets. And Elizabeth, you know, part of me taking the radio job was because I was home. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret that decision. That having been said, my career took a completely different trajectory than it would have had I not made those choices. Yeah, And there's been a reckoning on that for me many times. And there's been some therapy on that many times about what I might have been. So the guilt comes from, like on your guilt end, it comes from feeling like you didn't live up to the potential that you that you believe that you had career wise. Is that right? Yeah. And it's a guilt. Yeah. I think there's, um, I've done a lot of work on ego. Yeah. That it's more about ego than it is guilt. Because if I, if I just am sitting with myself, I'm pretty happy in my life and mm-hmm. in my choices, especially because my boys are grown and we're good friends. You know, I like them as men and that's, that's validating in terms of like, okay, this was good. But but everything's a trade-off. And so I think that that's like when you talk about that you just want to chuck it, that's not the solution because I know you. If you were at home, now chucking it and let's just yeah, say you love your job. So we're not we're, – I'm talking about Elizabeth's job. Elizabeth is not talking about her job. But I mean you could chuck it, but you would have to fill it in something – with something else that would better suit what you want your life to look like. And that's what I did. I was a television producer. I love TV. I mean, I love writing the pictures. I love it. I loved it more than anything. And I had worked for some really great people. And I never committed to them full time because I knew what that would have meant to me as a mother. That was really hard to keep those reins on myself back. But that was my choice. And I don't regret it. But I took a different kind of job that would give me a taste of something else, but also allowed me to be with my kids. So for people who don't know, I mean, when my kids were Elizabeth's, a little bit older than Elizabeth's, but, you know, at that young age, I took a radio show with my husband. I was on the air from five to nine. I was off the air at nine. I did show prep at night at home and my studio was at home. Yeah. So I got the validation of a full-time job and doing work and a paycheck but was around my family. I never I never took that for granted. I was very yeah. grateful for that. But it was a trade-off. It was a trade-off because it wasn't the career path I thought I would be on. And that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not about feeling guilt, but it really is. I think what you're going to be forced to do is really, really look at what will it look like going forward? Because I think what you said was so beautiful about instead of like obsessing about feeling guilty – is what is the guilt? What is that feeling of guilt telling you to do? Right. It doesn't have to be everything goes away, but there's going to be sort of a rebalancing probably that's in your future. Yeah, I think so too. Don't worry, I'm not giving up best to the nest. 
good. Because <laughs> I like this. But it, I do too. It's, it's hard. I know. It's just Elizabeth, no joke. It's, it's just not for the faint of heart. It's just a very, it's a balance. I I share this only because I think, I, I think I'm not the only one. And every oh time I share something here that is like goes beyond what I share on television or on social media or anything because we can have this type of conversation about it. I hope that it just, it does help to just feel like you're not alone. And then also... I don't know if you if you're listening and you've gotten that mom guilt message. What was the message telling you? And then where did you go? Maybe I'm having a midlife crisis. I don't know. I'm 40. No, no, it just could be a total midlife crisis. It's Elizabeth. It's not. It is a it is a crisis of identity. And that's to me, that's what it is. And the struggle, I mean, and I. I know for some women, the idea of staying home full time was an easy one. And I look at those women and I think it's fabulous if they're happy in it. I wish I could have been that kind. I mean, I wish I could have been that kind of person. I clearly wasn't. And then I look at women. I mean, I have sisters that worked all the way through. I mean, I have a sister who's a who's a physician. I have a sister who's a lawyer. And I have a sister who has worked, you know, in management they never took a break, Elizabeth. Yeah. They worked all the way through. And I know so many other women, you know, people, we both know some of the same women at work who have fabulous kids and worked full tilt all the time. And their kids are great. So it's like, and so that's what I struggle with is like, was I taking an easy way out? Should I have pushed myself harder? Should I have? And so that's why I say it's it's sort of a crisis of identity, not a midlife crisis. Because you're trying to figure out who am I going to be in the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Right. Because it's complicated. No, it is complicated. Yeah, you're right. I think sometimes, I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but I feel like sometimes I wish I could live like two simultaneous lives because I think that I would like being home. I know that there are things that I wouldn't like about it, but there's also things I don't like about what I have going on right now. You know, I don't think there's ever going to be a time when you're like, I like every single thing about every single bit of the way my life is set up. Right. right? I mean, right. that's let's all be on the journey to that destination. But I, I think it's going to be difficult to get but, there. But, but I but think again, I would like that idea. You know, I know there would be different battles and different things, but I think I just sometimes wish, wouldn't it be fun? To live it twice, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then compare and at the end. <laughs> and certainly the the part about missing missing things with your kids. I mean, I feel like, and I I I'm not saying this so that I'm I'm really not saying, oh, my life was so great, I did it just right. I'm not saying that. What I for me, I feel really fortunate that I got a little bit of both mm-hmm. because as a TV as a freelance TV producer, when they were little, I was on, and then I was off off. So it was like I was a working woman and then I was a stay-at-home mom and then I was a working woman again. And I, for most of the kids' young years, I always took summers completely off. And so the kids and I would just travel in the summer. Oh, gosh. That sounds magical. It was wonderful. I mean, I would take them on, you know, silly trips. We went to Memphis and then we took the train to New Orleans and we just did these big adventures together. And they were little and that's why, you know, just having two kids, it was like one on each hand. I mean, I had my little ones out in the French Quarter at midnight when Campbell was like five. You know, it's like we had we had great adventures. And I, I look back at that and I'm so, so grateful. But but 
but part of why I always kept working too, and this is the part that I look at stay-at-home moms, and I'm stunned by the ability of some women to do that. And I think perhaps I'm too much of a control freak to do that because when you do that, you are literally saying to your partner, I am so completely 100% in your hands. I am dependent on you doing well at your job. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. that like blows my mind. Yeah. Like that, I like, uh. <laughs> I know that's, that's a, I, there's a control thing too with me with that. I get, I get that too. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, there you go. That's the mom guilt. We didn't, we're not going to solve it. We can't solve it. They didn't even bring it here to solve it because I just think like it's just this ever evolving ever thing. I just felt like I was kind of hit by this like unexpected, just smack in the face of it. And that's how you cry in your car. <laughs> Keep on keeping on everybody. Mamas, it's not, this job is not for the faint of heart. So it doesn't matter where you're at. It's just a constant like balance and, and every day trying to do your best and bring your best to the nest. And so I thought if we're on this journey and we're sharing, you know, how we're trying to bring our best to the nest, I thought I would tell you about a day that no one was the best in our nest. <laughs> And that's what you got from this podcast. <laughs> but I don't know. It's from those moments where families rise up and they can and they can support and love each other and get through those hard times. And, it, you know, sometimes I feel like I wonder if there's somebody out there listening and they goes, oh, my God, this is not a big deal. And I, I love that, you know, it's a big deal to Bernie. Yeah. And oh, right yeah. there just tells me that you're a wonderful mother. Oh, thanks. Because I just I just think of that little sweet pea and the more we look at our little ones and know that these are big deals to them yeah. and that they're loved in it and they're heard in it and their disappointment is registered, I'm telling you that will matter to them as adults. It'll matter that this wasn't brushed over. And so I think it's a beautiful thing that it makes you sad because it shows that you really are acknowledging that this was important to her. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, if you're enjoying this podcast, in spite of all the sadness that I brought today, <laughs> please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. 
Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.